The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. Are you looking to make better, healthier choices this year? Then let me help you out by introducing you to ButcherBox. ButcherBox not only helps you treat yourself to more delicious and wholesome meals, but it takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more that's delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with folks who share their high standards and truly care about how animals are raised. Plus, they're B Corps certified, which makes me feel even better about my decision to be part of the ButcherBox community. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus get, 20 per- plus get $20 off your first order. That's right. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free offer and get $20 off. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning cup of murder. The science behind identifying a victim, while not perfect, is extremely interesting to learn about. On September 12, 1976, a woman's body was found in Woodlawn, Maryland. And, though her identity remains a mystery, a break in the case came from a surprising and interesting microscopic detail. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On September 12, 1976, a woman on her way to church spotted a van parked near Woodlawn Cemetery. She called police, and when they went to investigate the scene, they found the body of a female lying near where the van had been seen. Her body was wrapped in a white sheet, hands bound behind her back, and was estimated to have been between 15 and 30 years old, with brown hair and brown eyes. She was wearing beige jeans, a short-sleeved white shirt, and a rawhide necklace with a turquoise bead. Upon closer examination, investigators noticed blood seeping through those beige jeans. They would later determine that this poor girl was raped so violently that she bled through her clothing. In addition to the rape, Woodlawn Jane Doe had been beaten and strangled at a different location before being dumped in the cemetery, in what police were assuming was the van seen earlier that day. And in perhaps the most bizarre detail about the discovery, Jane Doe's face had been covered by two bandanas and a bag for grass seed. 
These had been tied into a square knot behind her neck, and one of the bandanas had holes cut to fit where her eyes and nose were. Once removed, investigators found a piece of the grass seed bag in the back of her throat. This was later determined to be her cause of death, along with ligature strangulation. The bags themselves came from Lexington, Massachusetts. Found in her system was an extremely high dose of sedatives called clopromazine. Mazine, a drug commonly used to treat schizophrenia. This, along with the sheets used to wrap her body, linked either her or her murderer to a mental institution. And finally, one of the last puzzle pieces in this mystery was the presence of a two-letter tattoo found on her left arm. The letters were unclear, but were either a combination of JP, SS, or JB. Police took all of this information and attempted to identify Woodlawn Jane Doe, but none of the normal routes were working. Her fingerprints and dental records were put in the system, but yielded no results, even to this day. Her description was compared to that of other known missing women, helping to eliminate possible identities, but did not give her name. Neither did the facial reconstruction, age regression, or offer of a cash reward. All they knew was that, given the few clues they had, the woman and her killer were either from Massachusetts or New York. Then came a minute detail that would help significantly narrow their search. Forensic investigators took tiny, microscopic grains of pollen that clung to Jane Doe's clothing and ran the information, finding a blend of cedar and mountain hemlock pollen. Now, to us, this seems rather unhelpful. But to experts, almost 40 years after her murder, this generated a massive clue. Those two pollens only exist together in two locations in the entire country. The New York Botanical Garden in the Bronx and the Arnold Arboretum of Harvard University, which straddles two familiar neighborhoods. A tip from 2015 had come into police claiming that the victim was originally from Puerto Rico and lived in the neighborhood of Jamaica Plain before disappearing at the age of 15. Jamaica Plain and the neighborhood of Roslindale are extremely close to the Arnold Arboretum, where cedar and mountain hemlock pollen reside. This tip could also explain the tattoo, the one that could have read JP found on the body. This was not only a massive break as far as information, but it renewed the attention surrounding the case. Flyers were sent out to this far more specific area in hopes that someone knows who Woodlawn Jane Doe is. Despite this interest, the tireless work, and her reconstruction being featured on America's Most Wanted, no new information about Woodlawn Jane Doe or her killer have come in, effectively putting the case on hold. Despite the fact that this story has an open ending, it is amazing that such a small detail can completely change the course of an entire investigation. Hopefully one day, Jane Doe can be identified and her killer brought to justice. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. 
so make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.